Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. One of the interesting aspects of temperance or moderation that many people, I suspect, don't think about that Cicero discusses explicitly in book one of his treatise on Stoic ethics, on duties, has to do with house building and furnishing. Now, this may be seen by many as not really applying to them. This is only for the elite or for householders, those who can actually afford it. And and the way that Cicero does describe it would give you that impression because he asked the question, what sort of house should a person of rank, an honoratus, somebody who is being honored, somebody who's being elevated, and station, princeps, what sort of house should that sort of person have? Now, this can actually apply to all the rest of us if we think about the general principles involved and how it is that we spend and expend, you might say. For example, I'm shooting this in a loft apartment right now. I'm not a householder. I am a renter. And you can see, you know, what I'm doing here. We've got a station set up where I can shoot with a chalkboard. I can definitely tell you that we don't have more space than we possibly could use, which is something that Cicero is going to talk about. So how we rent, or build or purchase. And then what we do with the places that we live, this really can apply, if not to everybody, at least far more broadly than Cicero originally intended. And the general principles that he sets out, I think are very useful. So let's take a look at those. He says that when we're considering this question, what sort of house or what sort of dwelling should a person has? He says there's three key things to keep in mind. And this is before he starts giving examples and rules. One is what's in, in Latin, usus, use or enjoyment. Translated here as serviceability, which is not bad. How well laid out is the place. You know, do you have doors opening and and closing into each other? I've lived in places like that. Is it well lit? Is it well set up? That's serviceability. Convenience, commoditas. This is a word that gets used a lot in Latin, not just in Cicero's time, but all the way through the Middle Ages. And it means the kind of goods that we enjoy, right? It's closely connected with this usus. And then distinction, dignitas, the word that we get dignity from. These are three things that Cicero thinks we want to keep in mind. And then he starts giving us some ideas, some rules for how we ought to understand that. And he draws on some examples from his own time. I think that we can come up with many of our own examples, and I leave it to you to do that, to think of specific cases of people who you might say go too far. And notice that Cicero doesn't really talk about issues of people depriving themselves or you know having too small of a house for themselves. We usually tend to go in the other direction. People buy, as we say, more house than they really can use or even afford. And one of the things that Cicero says, and this is about halfway through the the discussion that I think is really quite important. He's got this dictum, the owner should bring honor, and that's honestum, to the house, not vice versa. 
I think there's a lot of people in Cicero's time and also in our own time who think that the sign that they have really made it within their society will be when they can buy the proverbial big house on the hill or some fancy condo in an important city like LA or San Francisco or Chicago or New York, pick wherever else you want, right? They think that real estate translates into real virtue, if you want to coin another phrase for that. And Cicero says that's not the case at all. Because look, we can find all sorts of people who thought that by engaging in building projects, they would show everybody in the society that they were decent people when actually they were scumbags or at least problematic. And so he says, you know, a house can bring some dignity to a person, but it's kind of borrowed, right? It's so long as they hold on to that property. It's something external, but it really can't bring honor in any real sense. The meaning there being, you know, genuine good. Goodness. A house doesn't make you any better of a person. So the honor of the house really derives from the person who owns it, possesses it, builds it, uses it. Think about how people brag about, you know, George Washington slept here for a night in a particular inn or somebody famous ate in a particular restaurant. We associate these things and the restaurant isn't necessarily good. And then because it was good, George Washington became good. No, George Washington was presumed to be an important guy and he ate there. So we want to think about things in those terms. And he says, you know, we've got plenty of examples. He's got this great case where Gnaeus Octavius built an attraction and imposing house on the Palatine. And then this other guy, Scaurus, demolishes it and built an addition to his own house. And Scaurus actually brought disgrace and ruin upon himself by doing that. So building won't necessarily make you an important person. Now, another rule that he gives that's really important has to do with size. And this should be thought about not just in terms of public business, but in terms of family gatherings or entertaining or the kind of work that you're doing. You know, for example, as an academic, I need some library space and I need some, some workspace like this. So we had to think, you know, about an extra bedroom in essence, or if we know that we're going to be having people over, we have to think about where we're going to put them. And Cicero talks about this in terms of other people saying a man must have regard not for himself alone, but for others also. So in the home of a distinguished person in which numerous guests, many, many people must be be entertained in crowds of every sort of people received, care must be taken to have it spacious. So if you know that you're going to be engaging in large scale events, well, you have to have a great room or you have to have some other spacious place where people can meet so it doesn't feel cramped. And why? Because you're thinking about the experience of the other people involved. By contrast, he says, if you're not doing that sort of thing, you don't need that much space. And he talks about how it's kind of sad to find these people who are living just by themselves in these giant mansions where they have, you know, more bath. Well, he doesn't talk about this, but examples we could use more bathrooms than people and, you know, wings of the house that they don't actually use or explore. He says there's something wrong there. And he's, he even brings up a proverb, which was old in his own time. Oh, good house, alas, how different the owner who now owneth thee. So you see these people who buy a famous person's house who was doing a lot of entertaining and they're not doing that. And you look at it and you're like, oh, that's kind of 
Kind of sad, isn't it? So that's an important thing to think about as well, appropriate size. And then he talks about something that I think all of us can relate to because depending on where we live, <laughs> size may not be much of an, an issue because we don't have an awful lot of options. But how do we decorate? How do we furnish? What do we fill the house with? This is really an interesting question. And he says that we ought to remain within, as he calls it, proper limits of moderation with respect to uh, expense, what we're purchasing, sumpta in Latin. And then it's translated here as display, but I'm just going to translate it as magnificence because the Latin word is magnificentia. And this is the same thing as what earlier philosophers, like say Aristotle, were talking about with the virtue of magnificence. When you have a significant stake within a community, how you expend your resources, whether they be time, money, labor on a large scale, that has to do with magnificence. And so if you think about, you know, when you have your party and you have people come over, are you directing them to the, the plush carpet that you just installed and telling them how it's top of the line? And then, you know, having them sit on your new $10,000 couch and watch the big screen TV. Well, if you, if you do, if you're doing that, Cicero would say you're kind of a show off and you're probably exceeding these proper boundaries. And we could think of all sorts of other ways in which people attempt to turn their houses into something like a live-in museum, let's call it, right? Where they have the most special things in the world. This is something that Cicero talks about in other places as well. For example, in the Stoic Paradoxes, because this was a major issue in his time, not least because all these spoils of war were coming in from wars that the, the Romans were having. So they were flush with all sorts of luxury items and people were constantly vying with each other to show off how important they were through what we nowadays call conspicuous consumption. I mean, this could extend to what you're serving guests, you know, are you breaking out the super expensive champagne every time somebody comes over? Well, then you're probably kind of a show off. You're not really magnificent. You're vulgar. Cicero and, and Aristotle would would say. So what would it be then to exercise temperance? Would it be to say, oh, well, I, I'm going to get, you know, the cheapest stuff available. No, that wouldn't be temperate either. Instead, you would want things that are of high quality, but durable and perhaps passed down. You would keep it within proper limits. You wouldn't go, as we say, hog wild. That's a beautiful expression, isn't it? With the implication being, you know, just going and, and indulging in, in sensual tastes a little bit too far. You would, you would try to keep everything within proper limits and thereby you would show good taste and you would exercise the virtue of temperance. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.